Welcome to ADHD Love Parent Talk, episode 60. You know, when you're a parent and your child, you know, might have ADHD or does have ADHD, you know, it's hard. It's a difficult thing. And really, it's just so important to also give some time to yourself because sometimes it can be very draining. It can be exhausting. And so you want to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and and doing those self-cares so you can show up for your kid. Because when you're just operating on exhaustion and an overwhelm, that doesn't roll off good onto your child. And when we have that, we're not able to show up as our best selves or parent as our best selves or parent in the way we want to. Um, so just make sure that you, you know, you're taking the, some of that time, you know, you're asking for help. Um, so that way you're able to, you know, better support yourself and then in turn, support your child. Hello, and welcome to the ADHD Love Parent Talk podcast. If you felt like you have been walking your path alone as an adult with ADHD, or as a parent with children with ADHD, you are finally home. I interview parents and professionals, including doctors, coaches, educators, and so much more so you can not only learn more information about ADHD, I also want you to have tools that you can put in your toolbox as you're going through your journey. Hey, my ADHD family, welcome to another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk, where we talk about all things ADHD. I am Yakini, and today I have another wonderful guest. Her name is Sarah Lacko. Is that right? Yes, you said right. <laughs> so I'm so excited about her being here because I want her to tell a little bit about her story, her daughter's story, um, you know, her daughter being diagnosed with ADHD and she is a self, uh, self-diagnosis. self So this is such an important thing because we talk a lot about this in the community where people know, people just know that they have ADHD, but they may not actually have the diagnosis. So I definitely wanted to get her story. So Sarah, welcome. I'm so excited to be here. I seriously love what you're doing and just educating people on ADHD is such an important thing. So thank you so much for what you do and you offer us. Well, Sarah, thank you for coming. So tell the audience about you. Yes. So my name is Sarah Lacko. You did say that right. (laughs) And I am an entrepreneur. I am a a woman's empowerment coach. I also do um, women's retreats. I think it's very important for us as women. We're always busy, always doing all the things. And so I like to kind of take that step back with women and help them, you know, give back to themselves and re-energize. And then that just gives us more energy and more of a ability to be like present in our lives and our family's lives and in our children's lives. So I have an inspirational blog as well, Inspired Vita. Oh, that is so nice. And I, you're right. That yeah. is so important because one thing we don't do well as women is take care of us. Right. So mm-hmm. I love what yes. you're doing. So um, let's talk about, so we're going to talk about, like I said, two different stories. We're going to talk about your mm-hmm. daughter and you. So let's talk about your daughter first. So yes. tell me a little bit about her and what age was your child diagnosed? So she's 16 right now. So crazy. <laughs> But she was diagnosed in third grade. Me and her father had gotten divorced. She was five. And so she had always been a super, super busy child. Like she just was all over the place all the time. And I only had one. Right. And I was just like, I'm exhausted. (laughs) I get it. um, Yeah, totally. 
but I had her in counseling since I, I think she was six. Okay. And I was trying to see if, you know, if she maybe was just having a hard time because of, you know, the divorce and, you know, I moved and, you know, he ended up becoming absent. And so she did a lot of counseling and not until third grade, her daycare lady sat me down who was just close to our family and, you know, just a loved human. She just was very knowledgeable. And she sat me down. It was, you know, during the summer and she had had Mia the whole summer. That's my daughter's name, Mia. And she sat me down and she was like, Sarah, Mia has ADHD and you need to bring her in and, you know, get seen. And I just like, I had, been on on the edge of it right but I just was like no maybe it's gonna get better maybe it's just a thing and it's gonna go away and so soon as she told me that like I was bawling and all the things because her daycare lady was like you know this is stopping her from having like connections and relationships with other kids because you know she's impulsive and she does things and you know the kids get annoyed by it Mm. or she's in their bubble and so they don't have space so they're like you know trying to create that space and and you know it's just sad to see that when you know your child is such a beautiful human and they just are just going like a thousand miles an hour where they can't like calm down and have that connection because you know they're just in that overdrive all the time so that's wild Uh, right away, I went ahead and made the, you know, the appointment to do the assessment and all this. And so, yep, that's when she was diagnosed third grade. Wow. And what type was she diagnosed with? The ADHD. So just hyperactive. Hyperactive. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you, 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 once you actually got that diagnosis, I know that was kind of an emotional shock when she first mentioned it, but once she had that diagnosis, how did you feel about it as a parent? So good because I think uh, we get strung up in these like labels, Mm -hmm. right? We think like a label is going to, you know, bring us down or determine who we are as a human. But like, literally we have labels about everything, like girls, boys, like there's just a label. You're born with a label, like right off the bat. And so I think we give the whole label thing a little bit too much credit. And so once you do have that, and and once, you know, she did have the ADHD or was diagnosed with it, I should say, then I was better able. I knew what I was up against. I knew what I was dealing with, you know, and when, when you know what you're working with, then you're able to figure out the knowledge and find out more about it. But I think the worst thing is when you don't know what you're dealing with and then you're just like, I, you know, I'm confused. I'm frustrated. I'm upset. This child's not listening to me. Like, but then when you know, you're like, okay, well, they're having a hard time listening to me. Like, they are having a hard time within themselves, right? So how can they have a easy time with me? So it actually was incredibly helpful. And once, you know, she had that diagnosis and then was able to start, you know, having accommodations, it just, it was so helpful. And um, I know some people don't medicate for ADHD. I did end up getting her on something and prior to her not being on a medication and not being diagnosed, she was in reading tutoring, really struggling. She 
when she took that medication, the first I noticed, and it was like the low dose when they were trying it out. And I saw her like sitting in her chair at the dinner table. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I that child's just sitting like and eating what's going on. Right. But she ended up testing out of reading tutoring and got into the higher, you know, the advanced of reading in one month, in one month, just because she was, you know, able to sit and learn, you know, it's really an important thing in school, right. Is to be able to sit and learn a hard thing, but you know, it really helped her a lot at that point. That is absolutely amazing. So how did you get that support to get different accommodations put in place at school? Because I'm assuming it's at school that she got the accommodations put in place. Yes. So prior to that, um, before she was diagnosed, um, we just had a horrible experience, quite frankly. Um, Teachers weren't working with me. Um, The principal really wasn't. And we were just having to go at it all the time. And it was really unfortunate because you know, I was a mom wanting the best for her child, but also wanting to work with teachers and the principal, you know, to help this child because every child counts. And it just got worse. And they talked mm-hmm. about segregating her and recess where they would give her her own corner. And I was like, so she's not going to get to play with other kids. And they're like, no, but we'll give her like a jump rope. And I was like, mm, no, not going to wow. work for me. So I ended up having to that day I went and it was just issue after issue. And I went that day and I pulled her out of that school and it was almost becoming like a sense of bullying Mm -hmm. to this child who was like seven or eight. Mm -hmm. And um, I went up to the school district and said, you know, I'm not, well, she's not going back to this school. We need to find a different school. And that school that we found next was just perfect. The teachers were amazing. And it was so nice to just as a parent, you know, work with a teacher to help a child, you know, become their best. And, you know, I think that's how it should be, but it's not always the case. So yeah, me working with teachers, her working with teachers, coming up with different things, you know, asking her, you know, will this help or this help or let's try this, you know, and her daycare lady at the time. So we all collectively, including her, would work up with those different accommodations to help her. I love that. And one of the things that I like what you're saying is that you weren't afraid to take that chance and leave the school district. And I completely empathize when people can't, but if they Mm -hmm. do have the opportunity to look into other school systems to get that support that your children need, that's Mm -hmm. what they should do. Because I had to do the same thing with my son. Mm -hmm. It got to a point where they just could not help him. And it was a little bit different with him where they loved him to death, right? They just could not figure out how to help him. And actually, ironically, my daughter was going through a similar situation at that time too. And so I ended up having to go to a totally different school district to get that support that they needed. So long story Mm -hmm. short, the fact that you were willing to say, you know what, I'm going to have to do something different and I'm going to have to change school systems for my daughter to get what she needs. That is so great. Yeah, it took a lot, like a lot of different pushes of, well, that's not right. And this isn't right either. And just different things where I finally was at my breaking point. I was like, this is not going to get better. And for her to be able to be successful, she cannot be in this 
in this environment. It's not helping her. It's not good for me as the parent, you know, right. always scared to send her to school that I'm going to get a phone call that she's in trouble again. Right. You know, like, you know, you should feel comfortable and feel as though your child is safe at school. And so when it comes to, and uh, emotionally safe, right? right. And so when you don't feel that, that, and as a parent too, it's just, you feel this sense of, you know, loss of control and yeah. you can't help and almost helplessness. So yeah, at that point, when they had said that, that was literally just the last straw I'd had. And I was like, no, that's not going to work. Wow. Period. So at home, have you put anything um, in place since the diagnosis? What have you done differently? So when she was first diagnosed, like, you know, we did the wobble seat, like my chair was straight broken. <laughs> it was a strong chair previously, but that thing was about to collapse, right? Because she would just move so much. Um, but was but what was so important for her is was like being outside and getting the you know exercise. And um, I got her in soccer, and she would do really good in that. Um, just because you know it's for her, it was really important to get out and move, and you know get some of that excess energy out, and just trying to talk about things mm-hmm. too asking her like, does this help you better or does this? And the counseling was incredibly helpful as well because we would all be able to have conversations too. And so this counseling, just, was it in school or was it out of school? Out of school. Okay. And I was actually extremely grateful for doing out of school because she's able, she was able to stay with that counsel. I mean, she can, she still sees her to this day and she's 16 and started when she was six. So, yeah. So, but as like, if she had been with someone in school, then, you know, changing, that's kind of hard. You have to start over. Mm -hmm. And also I pulled her, um, when, you know, I was having trouble when Mia was in middle school, when they were trying to take her, uh, accommodations away. So that count, uh, counselor actually came to one of those meetings almost as an advocate for mm-hmm. Mia, yes, to help to keep those in place. So, you know, school counselors are great, but in this instance, for me, it was super helpful to have someone outside of the school mm-hmm. district. I love that. I could talk mm-hmm. to you so much about different things. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, this is a great conversation. Yeah, okay. totally. <laughs> um, <laughs> But anyway, so, okay, so let's um, move a little bit. Well, before we do that, um, what would you say to parents? Some are afraid to get their children assessed. And you had talked about it earlier about the the whole label thing, right? And that's one of the reasons. So what would your advice be to them if they're just trying to make that decision? And I don't even know if you necessarily have to share, you know, that label with anyone, but for you to have that knowledge of, you know, what your child needs and what you need to be doing as a parent and, and to help your child be successful. I just think it's so important if it was something else to do with their heart, when you want to know, you know, if it was something else, you know, as far as another medical issue, wouldn't you want to know? I mean, Mm -hmm. I would, and this is just the brain, right? It's so it's how the brain is functioning. So it's nothing against them or, you know, them listening or, you know, 
following direction. It's just something, there's a disconnect there. And so you're helping to have that knowledge so you can help make that connection. Mm, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, that's what I constantly hear. You, you have two different sides of the story where parents are just deathly afraid to get their child diagnosed. And it's almost like, you know, having ADHD, it's, it's almost like hearing it as, as, as if it's a disease, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. It, really it yeah. is. Mm-hmm. And, and it's mm-hmm. so in the beginning it was very frustrating. Now I just, I understand the bigger picture and what's going on and why, why people feel this way and why it's so misunderstood, even though it's well-researched, mm-hmm. I, I, I get it, but right. it still doesn't make it less frustrating because to your point, having the diagnosis can open up so many doors for children. And if you Mm -hmm. choose to, you don't have to choose medication right away. You can try different things. And -hmm. I think that's the misconception is, oh my God, um, my child's going to be diagnosed with ADHD and they're going to mention medication. So what, if they do just Mm -hmm. say, Hey, I want to try some other things before that. Now Mm -hmm. to your point, I have two children, both are ADHD. One is on medication and one is on, is not on medication. And that is because that, that was a very clear choice. Now, Mm -hmm. as my Otis gets older and if she's struggling differently or more, then I may consider that down the road. But the point right. is, is that that is your decision. It's best for what you're, you know, for your child and for your family as a whole. So I love mm-hmm. that. Just, yeah, I, I do. I do love that. So I want to get into yeah. your side a little bit, because sure. like I said in the beginning, I think it's important that people, sometimes, you know, when you know, you know, right? Right, so, right. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, uh, so you also feel you have ADHD. What symptoms do you see? Girl, I'm so scattered. <laughs> I really am. I'm so scattered. My my child will even have to be like, mom, and have to remind me on things. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> my child, thank you for reminding me. Like, you know, so she even tries to help me, you know, with my issues that I have. But yeah, just being scattered, so many ideas, and sometimes just being overwhelmed. I have like these great and amazing ideas. And and then I'm just like, ah, I can't, I can't do any of them because I want to do all of them at the same time. And yeah. So there's just, (laughs) you know, go doing one project and part of that project means walking into another room. And then guess what? That I'm doing something else (laughs) in that other room and got, I'm not even doing the same project I started with. And I forgot which actual project I started with. Right. So some people might be like, well, I do that and I don't have HD. Yeah, you might, or you might not, but yeah, sometimes just being all over the place, scattered. I have lots of energy. People be like, how do you have so much energy? I don't know. I guess it's that, (laughs) but I'll take it. Uh, I've just done different things to try to like help me to, you know, come on down, Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. take a breath, right? Different smells, tapping into my five senses, you know, working in 20 to 30 minute increments, you know, putting on a timer and saying, I'm only going to work on this for the next 20 to 30 minutes. You know, batching tasks is super helpful because, you know, you can just then what with the ADHD too, you can get hyper-focused on something. Right. right? And so, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, as long as you know how to channel it. Right. So if you're like, I'm going to get hyper-focused in this task, you're like, excellent. I'm going to do this task for the next 30 minutes. And I'm just going to focus on that. 
you know, and maybe it turns into an hour, but that way it helps to keep you, you know, on one road versus, you know, all over the place. Having all those tabs open at the same time, like literally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm I not. To... Sh- I'm not going to show you my screen right now. I was just going to say the same thing. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I need to close all of these or actually I have them hidden because I will be speaking to you and something will pop up and I'm like, oh, oh, oh. I know. <laughs> and you're like, squirrel, squirrel. I, yeah, I'm always blaming the whole squirrel thing. It is what it but is. yeah, like it's all thing. about like doing different things. Like I put my phone on airplane mode because if that dings, then I'm like kind of zoned into that and I don't even try to be. But yeah, so just doing those different things that to help yourself. That's too With funny. It's helpful. So some people and may when ask. When my computer shuts down, I'm like, okay, good. My computer shut down and now those tabs are gone. So I don't have to, because I feel like, oh, every single tab I can't close. So when my computer forces it, I'm like, oh, good. Got cleaned out. <laughs> I did now let me open thing. them all back again. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I'll I leave that one not open. It, it's like, it gives you a choice. Would you like to open? the um accidentally well you know what i mean it's like yeah restore they, or whatever they, right would you like to restore you your know. tabs yes <laughs> and they're like oh. yeah. you're like was that a great idea i don't think so <laughs> that is so funny oh that's hilarious so some people may ask um you know are you thinking about getting assessed or do you feel like you're at a point where it's just not necessary at this point you know i kind of go back and forth about it sometimes i feel it's not necessary to do it because I've done different things and you know it's not to say I I mean I still struggle with it right my kid still struggles with it even if she's medicated or whatnot so it's not supposed to like fix the problem it's supposed to help so I I do go back and forth as far as like trying a medication because you know maybe it really could help me and maybe it really you know because you don't know what you don't know Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how it would be if I was on a medication. It could be amazing for me and it could help me in so many different ways. So I have been coming up with, you know, I'm th- I am thinking of going ahead with the assessment and just trying it and seeing and if it doesn't work out, then I'll just keep doing what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Makes so, sense. That makes perfect yeah. sense. As a parent. And as a self-assessed ADHD, how do you manage your household? Because that's always fun. <laughs> I recently just hired a house cleaner <laughs> because I am terrible at doing household domestic tasks because I want to be working my business and I want to be yeah. helping people. And I'm like, I can't do this other stuff. (laughs) So, I mean, I can, but not to the full extent of being present in it and doing like an excellent job in it. So I personally, I just hired a a house cleaner and it was way overdue to come and do a deep cleaning. Best thing I've ever done. I don't know why I waited so long. And because, you know, I love stuff for it to be clean and organized, but I don't love doing it. And so when she came in and she did it and I was just like, oh, this is just great <laughs> so much. So, oh, and bet. that's the thing is we feel like we have to be like perfect at everything. We feel like we have to do good at all the things. And it's just such a misconception. And so, you know, 
tapping into the things that are your strengths and not working on the things that are really your weaknesses that you really don't want to be a strength, right? right? You know, focus on those things that you're passionate about and that you have those strengths on. And that goes for anybody, but especially people with, you know, ADHD, because mm-hmm. when you don't do those things or you're not good at those things and you feel like you should be, you just feel guilty. You feel bad about yourself. And yeah, it's just a really yucky feeling. But if you're like, you know what, I'm not good at that and that's okay, but I'm going to get somebody who is, and maybe you don't hire a house cleaner. Like maybe your friend helps you, you know, with the thing that you're not good at, and then you help them with the thing that they're not good at and you trade those services. So it's all really about like, you know, just figuring out those things, figuring out what you need help with. And it's okay to need help and it's okay to ask for help and makes all the difference yeah because girl my household just a week ago mm -mm. so but today is looking awesome (laughs) (laughs) it just makes you feel good right oh my gosh feels so good yeah well and two my um even my child knows like I do better when my room is clean you know and she gets it from her mom where she's not great at that stuff either and so you know, once I was, you know, got the house cleaned and everything, like her room started getting a little bit nicer and cleaner. And and so, you know, it just, it's helpful too, because you're just, you're scattered again, you know, you, your brain's all over the place. And then if everything's all over the place and everything's scattered, then, you know, you're just kind of staying in that mindset, you know, and in that pace. And so, you know, not to say you have to be good at it, but it is good to, you know, get it addressed or have, have help and ask for help. Yeah. For sure. Ask for help. I love that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for you and your daughter, do you guys talk about ADHD a lot in the household? Um, I don't know if it, I would say a lot, but we definitely talk about it. Okay. You know, when she first had it or first diagnosed, it was like, okay, you know, what are we going to do and how are we can handle this? And now like we both, we just look at it differently. Okay. Like I started looking at, I, I've met amazing people who have ADHD and they're doctors and they or, or the other people. And they're just doing these like amazing things and making it an amazing impact just in the world. Mm-hmm. And so now ADHD has become a blessing. Like me and her, she loves Marvel. Right. And so we talk about how those superheroes, you know, at first they need to figure out how to use that power. Right. So they have this power. They don't know how to use it. And they're just a hot mess and no one likes them and everybody wants them to go away and not be around them because they're just such a nuisance. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, but then when they can, you know, channel that power and they know how to use it. You know, then those people are like, oh, yeah, come help us out. We want you. Yeah, we love you. Come on. We don't hate you anymore. Right. And ADHD is kind of the same thing is when you it's a superpower. And once you know, like how to use that superpower and that's, you know, trial and error, that's successes and failures. That's learning like through that failure and and failing forward and just growing through it, Um, just like those superheroes. And so now, if anything, we really look at it like, wow, ADHD is really cool. And it's just knowing how to use it. And yeah, because I mean, girl plays soccer and she's really good at it. But, you know, that I also contribute to some of that ADHD is like her being a good goalie. You know, she's able to quickly react in that goal. So 
it's actually quite a blessing and quite a superpower, honestly. That is very cool. So any last minute, like anything that you want to tell the audience, anything that we missed, any last minute words? I think you did a great, quite, you know, great job of, you know, touching on all of it. And I just, I guess I'd like to say as far as like, you know, when you're a parent and your child, you know, might have ADHD or does have ADHD, you know, it's hard. It's a difficult thing. And really, it's just so important to also give some time to yourself because sometimes it can be very draining. It can be exhausting. And so you want to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and and doing those self-cares so you can show up for your kid because when you're just operating on exhaustion and an overwhelm that doesn't roll off good onto your child and when we have that we're not able to show up as our best selves or parent as our best selves or parent in the way we want to um so just make sure that you you know you're taking the, some of that time you know you're asking for help um so that way you're able to you know better support yourself and then in turn, support your child. Mm, I love that. And then if, um, well, first, do you have any, like, did you use any books or YouTube channels or podcasts that help you through your journey? Anything that you could recommend? Um, I didn't really use one thing or another. Honestly, my daycare lady was, um, at the time, was just so knowledgeable about it because mm. her child had ADHD. Okay. So for me, it was just having conversations with other people who their kid had ADHD. I did some trainings that were incredible. I don't remember the name of it, but um, it really helped me as far as like looking at it in a different aspect and looking at it in the aspect of, you know, the disconnect between the brain. And so I think honestly, just like consuming all those things and having conversations with people where their kid has it and, and, you know, just learning off each other is just so such an important thing and a helpful thing. And it's actually also so nice to like be able to have someone else like understand what you're going through. Because sometimes people are like, you know, you know, your kid looks normal. I'm like, well, yeah, it looks normal. But, and they have a disability and that doesn't make them any less, but it is nice to be able to like talk to other parents or other people who know about it and, you know, are dealing with it too, to just have that insight and, you know, just that thing in common and be able to learn off each other as well. Yeah. Very cool. And if they have any more questions for you, can you tell them how to reach you? Oh, absolutely. So you can find me on uh, Facebook as Sarah Lacko or Inspired Vita. I'm on Instagram as Inspired Vita, TikTok as Inspired Vita. I'm still working on TikTok, by the me way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, but not really hard. <laughs> um, also, you can email me at sarah.inspiredvita.com at gmail.com. But otherwise, yeah, or my blog, Inspired Vita. Everything is inspired Vita. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yay. That was great, Sarah. So thank Thank you for sharing your story and your child's story. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate this. Absolutely. Everyone have a wonderful and beautiful day. Bye. Bye, Sarah. Bye. Thank you for joining us on another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, please do not forget to leave a review. And join me as I talk with another exciting guest next week. Have a wonderful day.